Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is the shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you. Do the work you love. Play the long game. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I've got Nick Troutman today on the show. I'm going to be interviewing Nick. Nick is the host of the podcast, The Art of Awesome. Um, If you joined us last week, you heard me interviewed on his show. And now I'm going to bring Nick in and we're going to explore his story. Nick's a super cool guy and is a professional athlete. First professional athlete I've had on the show, um, but Nick is a kayaker who is world class, and on top of that, he is just a top notch dude in general. Um, he's a real estate investor, and he's a hustler as far as his entrepreneurial endeavors. And real estate investing is helping him pursue his passion, which is kayaking. And um, he's also taking the proceeds from his kayaking and investing that in real estate. So we're going to dive into mindset, uh, setting goals and achieving those. And um, this is one of my favorite episodes I've done so far. And I know you're really, really going to enjoy this as well. So uh, let's dive in. Nick, I'm excited to have you on the podcast, man. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks so much, Josiah. I'm stoked to join you as well. Yeah, so um, I was on Nick's podcast, The Art of Awesome, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Nick recently um, started that show. How long ago did you start that podcast, Nick? Um, I get. I'm trying to think now. A couple of weeks back, uh, I've been doing uh, two episodes a week. One like an interview style on every Monday, and then uh, a shorter format, kind of just like tip of the day or just like a piece of advice on every Friday. And I think your episode was episode maybe 20 or 20, 20 or 21, something like that. And so, um, yeah, I guess I started it 10 weeks ago. Sweet. So, well, yeah. side note, everyone go check out Nick's podcast, the art of awesome, a lot of inspirational and motivational stuff there. And Nick is, Nick's a really interesting person. Um, I'm always fascinated with, you know, having different people on the show. I've never had a professional athlete slash kayaker on the podcast. So I've, I spend a decent amount of time on Instagram, literally just watching Nick's videos as he does these insane tricks and goes over these rapids and stuff. So man, that stuff is so cool. How did you get into that? Um, well, honestly, I was pretty young. I think I was 13 turning 14 and, uh, my best friend at the time, my childhood best friend, um, he, we spent like, you know, every day together doing all sorts of cool stuff. And, and his parents owned, uh, the largest rafting company, whitewater rafting, um, on the Ottawa river up in Canada. And one summer he's like, oh, dude, we're probably not going to get to hang out too much this summer. Cause I'm going to go, you know, try this kayak school thing and learn how to kayak at my dad's kayak school. Um, so yeah, probably not gonna be able to hang out. And I was like, oh, bummer. Cause at that point we had done like everything together. 
And he's like, well, you can come join and like do it with me if you want. And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And at that point for me, um, I just thought what kayaking was is probably what most people think uh, were just long pointy kayaks that just meander down river. And I showed up on day one to find out that there's this whole freestyle aspect and that they're short and they can do flips and tricks and surf waves. And, and anyway, I was blown away. My whole like, you know, mentality shifted towards the whole sport. And within 15 minutes, I totally just fell in love with the sport and, um, and pretty much was just addicted ever since and haven't left a kayak pretty much since then. Um, so that's, that's kind of the gist of it. That's but yeah. so cool. And I think I saw this on your Instagram as well, but is it your brother-in-law also a professional kayaker? Is that, am I remembering yes. that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of married into um, a family <laughs> of professional kayakers. So my, my wife's like three time world champion, my brother-in-law's, I don't know, X amount world champion. I don't even remember how many, my father-in-law is four time world champion. And so uh, there's there's a whole flurry of uh, of champion kayakers in the family. That's insane. So your kids are going to basically just rule the kayaking world. <laughs> I mean, they've got kayaking in their DNA. I mean, it's definitely in their DNA. I'm trying not to push it too hard sure. because I don't want them to like, you know, rebel against it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and we're we're pretty picky about like trying to take them out when the conditions are good and stuff like that. But I mean, both of my kids were on my lap in a kayak uh, before their first birthday. So that's so, yeah. awesome, man. Well, you know, as you know, the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast, this is a real estate investing podcast. Um, but and and you are a real estate investor. Um, I'm always I'm always just fascinated with people's stories and who they are and what what they choose to do. And this is this is something that I'm not good at kayaking. I told you before. Like my only experience, I'm, I'm a great swimmer. I love swimming, but, uh, my only experience kayaking, um, was getting in a swimming pool when I was taking lifeguarding class or something. And they put us in kayaks and flipped them over. And we tried to learn how to flip the kayak back over. And it was the most backward thing I could not. It seems like I could not just figure out how to flip the kayak back over. I know it's gotta be pretty simple, but, um, man, it was kind of freaky being stuck in the kayak and not being able to get it right side up, you know? Um, oh, a hundred percent. And, and honestly, I mean, probably because I'm just so addicted to kayaking and it just takes up a lot of my world. I refer and relate everything back to kayaking, but I feel like the same with real estate and with anything in life, it's always scary when you don't quite understand how it works. But then once it's explained like simply, then you're just like, Oh yeah, of course that's easy. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, it was the exact same mentality with real estate where I was just, you know, probably, I mean, maybe it's just me, but maybe other people feel the same way where just like intimidated to jump in at first because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, there's these properties and stuff there. This is a, a big expense, uh, a big, you know, chunk of change. And I don't want to make a mistake here. Maybe I need to like read more books. Maybe I need to listen to more podcasts. Maybe I need to just somehow learn more and just always afraid to just kind of jump in. But at the same point, you, you just have to kind of go for it, analyze the risk and realize that once you start to, you know, take it on head first, you'll, you'll start to realize that it's a lot more simple than it might seem at first. And 
you know, once you get a couple of strides under you, then you're like, oh, wow, this is actually really easy. And it just, I feel like everything just kind of translates once you put a couple hours into it. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. Isn't that interesting how there's basically, this, this seems to be kind of the learning curve to everything, right? There's the initial phase of, I don't know anything about this. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's wrong and terrifying. You know, in the kayaking world, I can't flip my kayak back over once I'm under the water in real estate, I make a bad decision and I go under financially. Right. Um, and I can't, I can't fix my problem. So the fear is something that that's actually got a very probably low probability of happening to you, but that's the thing you've you fixate on, right? Because you don't know how to kayak. You don't know how to invest in real estate. Um, and the, the really interesting part is, man, there's so many cool things in life that you can do if you just embrace the suck, if you face the fear and you go through that learning curve. When you get through that, man, I mean, there's so much cool stuff on the other side of it, which I get to watch all your kayaking videos And I've, you know, since I started my own business, I experienced the same phenomenon in getting my own business going, leaving my nine to five, same terrifying feeling, right? I'm walking away from guaranteed money, from health insurance, from a routine, from having coworkers around to working out of my house, you know, having to manage my own time well, having to do all my own accounting, having to do my own marketing, all this other stuff, right? So there's a fear there that like, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm not gonna be able to make enough money to pay my bills. But on the other side of that fear, I found freedom that I never experienced before when doing the nine to five thing. And it works like this in pretty much anything you're working on, whether it's a hobby, um, a career, uh, investing, you know, things like that. As soon as you can dive in and start learning, you can get past that initial fear and start leveling up. And we, we just kind of dove into your story uh, real quick, Nick, but um, tell us how old you are about your family situation, how you make a living, and then we'll dive into your real estate investing experience. Yeah, so I'm 30, I think I'm actually 31. I'll be 32 in like two weeks. Um, and I've been married for, I think I'm coming up on 12 years now. I got married super young with my wife. We've got two kids. Uh, my son is seven and my daughter just turned four. And as far as, you know, what I do for a living, it's unorthodox. Um, but I essentially am a professional kayaker and content creator. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I make my living from uh, sponsors, from competing at events, from teaching and coaching kayaking and doing some, you know, social media stuff as well. Um, and now in the last, I mean, a lot heavier in the last year, but, uh, I've gotten really into, um, into real estate. I, I, I explained it to all my friends. Like I've gone down the rabbit hole of real estate. Like I'm just so the the addiction that I had when I first started kayaking, like it's the only other thing in life that I can compare it to. And I am just totally addicted to real estate. And anyway, yeah. So currently I've got, um, just five units, uh, two different duplexes and a single family. Um, and yeah, just really focusing on, uh, expanding that and growing that out. Yeah. Super cool. So let's, 
I think the interesting thing to work through here that applies to everyone that's listening to the show is you are supporting yourself from an entrepreneurial endeavor, which is your kayaking. Um, and how are you making money off that? Or do you have sponsors or how are you making a living from that? Yeah. So, I mean, the irony is when you tell someone that you're a professional athlete, everybody automatically thinks of like, you know, X games, they think of NFL, uh, NHL, any of that stuff. And they're like, Oh, you're like raking in the millions type thing or big bucks. And as far as being a professional kayaker goes, uh, most people would say that you can't live on the amount of money that I make in a year or that you can't live on the amount of money that you would make from sponsorships or any of that kind of stuff. But the way that I've been able to do it and uh, my brother-in-law as well. And, and I mean, I guess the way I do it is it's my wife and myself because she's also a professional kayaker, but we have um, sponsors. And so there's, you know, a small set income from sponsorship dollars. And, and the way that sponsorship money works is it is a trade. No, nobody's just giving you the other, the other like confusing part about sponsorship especially with young athletes, people think that they just give you money to like wear their product or to use their product. That's not how it works. It's like anything in life where it is uh, a value trade. And so uh, I'm essentially like a living billboard or promotional piece for them where they would give me product um, or whatever they're trying to promote. And I would either, you know, be creating videos, um, creating content for them, uh, supplying video, uh, photo assets, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then that's kind of how the sponsorship game works. So that's like a set piece of the pie on, on itself. It probably wouldn't be enough to, you know, live off of, but when you team that up with, uh, a little bit of coaching or teaching. So I, I you know, I teach, uh, kids camps and I've, I've coached, um, mainly uh, youth, but all sorts of different people from all different ages and, and whatever, all about kayaking. And then, you, you know, you get a little piece of pie there and then, um, and then social media stuff where, where different brands, it kind of is similar to the sponsorship thing, but it's a little bit different just the way the social media game works where some people will be like, here, I'll, you know, pay you X amount for a single post or something like that. Um, so you get a little bit there. Um, you get a little bit from, from, you know, earned media such as like traditional media, like TV or print media. Um, so taking photos and trying to sell photos or writing articles or anything like that. Um, and you kind of just like, and then, and then the other aspect I guess would be, uh, competing at events and trying to win. If, if you win the events, then there's prize money again, not large amounts of prize money, but a little bit. And, and so you take all these little pieces of the pie and you put them all together and then you've got, you know, a decent sized pie. And it's essentially enough that, um, that I'm able to, to support my family. And, um, and really what it comes down to for the most part, again, the amount that I make in a year, a lot of people would probably say it's not worth the amount of hustle that you're putting into it but it's the lifestyle that I get to live. I mean, I wake up every day and I am extremely grateful for the fact that one, I'm my own boss. I get to make my own schedule. I get to do what I love and I get to travel the world with my family and go on rad adventures. And so regularly I try to like, I, 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 there's this battle that goes on in my mind where I'm like, oh man, I need to like, I need to make more money or I need to like do this or do that or whatever. And then I stop and think, 
And it's like this like angel and demon battle that kind of goes on on my shoulder where it's like, okay, what would you do with more money? I would probably go on more adventures with my family. It's like, okay, well, if you're already doing that, why would you give that up to chase the idea to get money to do what you're already doing? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's this, I don't know, perpetual, like, um, conversation or argument that kind of goes on within my mind sometimes. And I have to stop and realize, man, I'm already living my dream. Like I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And so right now my main focus is to continue doing what I'm doing while building up my, um, real estate portfolio, because I feel like my biggest fear in life is that, you know, all the sponsorship money dries up, all the opportunities that I, that I have a hand. Like, so all of those pieces of the pie that I'm able to put together, if for some reason, all of them were to disappear. How would I be able to continue living this incredible life that I have? And my, my vision is, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to try to build up this real estate portfolio that if all of that stuff disappears, I've got the real estate that will continue to fund living this incredible life that I have. Yeah. I love that, man. I could not agree more with your approach. Um, and it's so similar to what I'm doing. You're making your money off of kayaking. I'm making my money off of my real estate hobby, um, which is also my, my work, right? So I run my own appraisal business, flip houses, I've got rental properties. I do some coaching I do some consulting. I've got my podcast, you know, I'm making some, I've, I've started making some money off advertising with the podcast, um, speaking opportunities, things like that. Um, and really the, the lion's share of the profit I'm going to make is going to come on down the line when I sell my real estate, right? When I sell, but just building up this portfolio, um, and building up passive income, quote unquote, which, you know, obviously it's not, it's not 100% passive. You got to manage the, the portfolio, manage the managers, if you will. But this has allowed, this has allowed me to work from home, run my own business. My, my appraisal business has supported me investing in real estate, which is very similar to your kayaking deal. I'm not making as much money doing appraisal work as I could make with a nine to five. I have my MBA. I was making six figures before I cut my, my nine to five job out. Um, and I used to teach finance. So I'm, you know, I'm in the finance world, uh, nine to five finance people are paid pretty well. Um, but I, I did not like the lifestyle. I didn't like sitting in the cubicle. I didn't feel like my heart was in it. I make less doing appraisal work than I did doing that, but I have better life experiences. I have better work-life balance. And I've, I've gone through the same mental exercise of, you know, if I made more money, uh, working a different job that took time away, what would I do with the money? I would spend it on life experiences with my family. Well, if I'm spending the money on life experiences with my family, which is just basically requiring time and there is some money required, but I have enough money to do that stuff anyway. Why would I trade my free time in for that just to turn around and try to buy my free time back? Right. And exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I've come to the conclusion that I'm in a really great spot. Like I, I don't need to go make more money with my nine to five. My appraisal business is enabling me to invest in real estate, spend time with my kids. Like today, both my girls are home fall break. My wife's at work and our, our three-year-olds, um, at his little daycare, but I have both my girls here ages seven and five, and we're having star Wars day, 
we're watching the old old school Star Wars movies, doing popcorn, and we're getting to you know they've both picked out characters that they want to be, and we're we're having a good life experience. It's something they're they're going to remember, um, and it's just fun, right? And if I had a nine to five, I'd be sitting in a cubicle right now, uh, at least at my old jobs, and I wouldn't have this opportunity. And this is this is worth a lot of money to me to be able to do this stuff. Like I, you can't put a price tag on it, right? So you got to ask yourself, like I would challenge the listeners. First of all, don't be discouraged. If you're, if you're sitting in a cubicle and you're miserable, don't be discouraged. All right. You do have options. And if you love your nine to five, don't be discouraged that other people out there are doing different things that they enjoy that are not nine to five and cubicle related. If you love your job, I think it's great. Stay in your job. I I will support you and applaud you the whole way. If you hate your job and you feel like you don't have enough time for family and all that, you have other options. And investing in real estate is one one way to kind of change and shift your life out of that rut and into a place where you have more time freedom uh, to do these really cool things. Nick, you're you're hustling hard. You're making money from a lot of different. You have a lot of different income streams, which actually reminds me of my situation right now. My wife makes money from counseling. I make money from these like six different income streams with all my real estate stuff. And at the end of the year, I put it all together and it's, it's a good income, but any one little piece of it, I don't think is that significant. You know what I mean? So, but man, the time freedom is so valuable to me now. And I look back at my former employment when I was stuck in those cubicles and man, I am in such a better place, you know, just, just emotionally and mentally with where I am now versus then. So I, you know, I think it's, I think it's so important to realize that if you approach real estate investing, right, you can do the exact same thing. So let's talk about this, Nick. What, uh, one more thing I just, yeah. I just wanted to add on that is just to also remember for anybody out there that's listening that that thinks like, okay, but I can't quit my nine to five or, okay, first of all, go back to your first point where it was like, if you love your nine to five, never quit. I mean, do what you love. That's like, you know, rule number one. Um, but if you're in a situation where you're like, I hate what I'm doing, I want to do something else, but I can't because I can't find anything else that would, you know, provide the amount of income that I'm making through my nine to five realize that you don't have to make the same amount of money. It's like what you're doing is you're making that money to spend it on whatever it is you're spending to create the life experience that you want to have. That's what everybody kind of does. I had an, uh, a lunch one time with uh, the owner of GoPro, Nick Woodman. GoPro is one of my sponsors. And so whatever this, this opportunity happened and, and we were hanging out and having lunch. And at the time, I don't know what his net worth exactly is now. He's he's a billionaire and he was a billionaire at the time too. And at the time he he he's talking to me and he's like we're just talking about what I do and how I'm able to like travel the, the world essentially with my family and go kayaking and he's like man, that's just such a cool life. I wish I was able to do that. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, "Well, Nick, you're you're a billionaire. What do you mean you can't do that? And and I told him that. And I was like, dude, I think you've got like all the money in the world. You could probably do whatever you want to do. And he was like, no, man, I've got to like, I've got to manage the company and I've got to do this and that and all this other stuff. And it made me realize that it's not all about the money that you're bringing in because you could bring in a billion dollars, but if that's going to take you away from everything that you actually want to do in life, then maybe it's not worth the billion dollars. And so 
if you're in that, you know, W2 job or whatever it is, and again, I'm not trying to tell everybody like quit their job, but I'm just trying to say like, realize that it's not always about how much money you're bringing in. It's about at the end of the day, feeling like, am I doing what I love to do? Um, because you can do what you love to do on, you know, uh, on a very small income, if, if that's what you're, you know, passionate about. I know so many athletes, I know so many artists, I know so many people that really like live on very small incomes, um, living out of a van and just doing what they love. And, and that's, that's what I want to promote to people is just like, figure out what you want to do in life. Don't just get too caught up on that dollar amount. And again, I struggle with it myself, but that conversation that happens like, you know, in the back of my mind all the time brings me back to that same, you know, equation where it's like, okay, well, what would I be doing if I had all the money in the world? Yeah. I love it, man. You know, I read the book into the wild and it, it made the biggest impact on me. I was, this was when I was living in Fort Worth. I wasn't married, had some real estate properties and I decided to sell all my real estate. Um, and I had no debt, put, put my, you know, basically get rid of most of my belongings, put the very little amount of belongings I had in a tiny little storage unit and then go hike the Appalachian trail outside of, you know, things like getting married to my wife and my children being born. The Appalachian trail was the best experience of my life. And guess what? I had the least amount I've ever had. And I had no, I had no house. I was technically homeless at the time. Right. Uh, in theory I wasn't, but I was technically homeless. I didn't have a house. I was living out of a backpack in the woods and I cannot tell you the immense amount of joy and just vigor. I woke up with every morning. I I had so much fun out there, met the coolest people, saw beautiful parts of the world. I couldn't have dreamed of seeing before. And I realized at that moment, you don't need really anything to be happy. You need, I think there's just some fundamental things that people need to feel, to feel like they have, you know, um, they're in the right place in the world, which is they need, they need purpose. We talked about that book when I was on your podcast, um, man search for meaning by Victor Frankel. I'm reading through that. What an incredible book. You got to have purpose and you need relationships, right? So I think those things are, are definitely needed. Like having a purpose on what you're doing each day while you're getting up in the morning and then having relationships that are meaningful, having people that love you, people that you love. But outside of that, I mean, you don't really need much. (laughs) And, uh, and to get out on the water in your kayak and go down some awesome rapids, I I guarantee you're not thinking about how big your house is at that point. You're just enjoying, (laughs) you're just enjoying your life, right? Like if all that stuff went away and you still had your family and you still had hope and you still had purpose, you're going to be okay. You know, like I came back from the Appalachian trail, I bought a house, I got married, I bought a new, you know, I bought a car, I bought real estate, you know, and I'm, I was, I'm, I'm just as happy as I was then. Like it didn't make any difference in my level of happiness. Not like I, my happiness increased because I bought this stuff. Right. So yeah, it goes without saying, and you hear that all the time, but it's so easy to look around to, to your friends and to your, I guess you're just cohorts, your peers, even if they're not your friends and see what they're doing and think this is the norm. People are buying bigger houses. People are buying newer cars. People are subscribing to all these different things. Um, and you know, it's normal for me to do the same. 
And I, I just think it's, I think it's such a great point that you don't really need any of that stuff to increase your happiness. In fact, you might be happier without most of it. Um, yeah. so, and yeah, go yeah, ahead. And, no, I'm just going to say, I, I, like, I'm not trying to deviate too far off of real estate. Cause I know this is a, a real estate specific. No, this, is also, this is also relevant. It is. It's not deviating at all. It's, this is very relevant to real estate investing. So, but, but yeah, so like for me, when I, so out of the five units that I've got, I, I bought, I purchased them all within the last five and a half months and, um, or maybe five months, whatever it was. And, you know, I, I definitely got some great joy after my first unit because it was, it was a milestone where I'm like, Oh, cool. Like I'm in the game now. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I was proud that I was able to like overcome the fear and, and step into it. The last unit that I just purchased, I, for some reason thought, you know, I'm, Oh, I'm like, this will be my fifth unit. This will be pretty cool too. And the joy just wasn't there. I mean, it was like, it was cool. Yeah, sweet. I, I got another unit um, and, you know, bringing in some more income. Like, this is all great. And it's all like, it's the journey toward my end goal. Like I've got, a, you know, a goal of how many units that I want to have and and the amount of, of you know, so-called passive income that, that my cash flowing units will or bring me in. But at the end of the day, when I go to bed at night, the best parts of my day are still when it's like I got to go in the backyard and play with the kids. And it's like that when you really stop and think about it, it's not, you know, how many properties you've got under management or, or how, how much real estate you own or how many dollars you even have the bank account. It's, it's going to be because you can't take any of that with you in the end. All you've got left are the memories that you've got made um, or that you have made and the friendships um, that you've created as well. And so as much as I love real estate and trust me, I really love real estate. I still regularly go to bed at night thinking like my favorite part of the day was, you know, going biking with my kids or jumping on the trampoline with my kids or going for a hike with the whole family or whatever. It's just, you've got to kind of put it in perspective sometimes and not get too caught up into, um, these dollar amounts and these kind of set goals that society might uh, portray as, you know, extremely important. Absolutely. You know, piggybacking on that, I know a lot of really wealthy real estate investors and they're doing the same stuff we're doing. I mean, they're, you know, they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life now they're trying to spend time with family in a meaningful way. They're managing their real estate portfolios. I mean, I, I'm not really seeing them doing anything on another level from from the rest of us, you know. And yeah, any, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so I just think that you have this illusion that if you get to this certain level, if you get this certain amount of portfolio value then you will have arrived, right? Then your life will be uh, much better for some reason. Like your, your income's going to be at a, such a point. You don't have to worry about bills anymore. You know, and I remember um, I was talking to a, a businessman who had built his business. Um, very, very close uh, friend of mine. He was, you know, he's in his sixties, but he had built a tech company and someone came and offered him, uh, tens of millions to buy it from. He was going to clear probably 20 million bucks. This was, this was probably a decade or two ago, uh, probably a decade, probably 15 years ago. Um, 
And he said, I don't really want to sell the business because what am I going to do with my life? Right? What am I going to do with just a bunch of money in my bank account? And it, it was so interesting to me because from my perspective, like I didn't have hardly anything. And I'm like, wow, you could have 20 million bucks in the bank and no work. Like that sounds like the goal, you know, but there's layers to this stuff. Like you want to have purpose. Um, you still want to live your life in a meaningful way. It's not just about piling up money because then what are you going to do? I mean, if you just had a bunch of money and no purpose, like you haven't really made any progress, right? So it's the combination of purpose and, and then being, you know, in a place financially where you can go and do good in the world. And, and the tie in to this, to everything we're talking about here is that real estate can allow you to achieve time freedom and financial freedom in a way that you can pursue your passions um, more and that you can go and, and make positive change in the world. So the thing I love about what you're doing, Nick, is you you're you're operating in an area of passion that you're good at, which which is the key to being really having really good results at your work is operating in an area not only of competent competency, but also an area of interest. So you're doing you're doing something you love and something you're good at, which is a, a great place to to be in your work. Most people can't say that, which is interesting. Most people can't say that they're working in something they're both good at and that they love. So you're doing that, but you're using real estate to support you. And so if the sponsorships dry up, guess what? I've got, you know, you've got five properties right now. I don't know. We can talk about your goals, but guess what? If I've got 20 doors, you know, making me 200 bucks a month, you know, I've got $4,000 coming in a month, 48K a year of passive income. And once I use depreciation and all the other, uh, tax benefits. I don't pay tax on that money. So I've got 48K, a 48K base salary. So I can keep doing my kayaking thing. And definitely as long as I keep my living expenses low and I don't have to worry about my sponsorships. So if the sponsorships come in, I keep rolling, you know, and if the sponsorships don't come in, I keep rolling and I keep doing what I love. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And, uh, there's a couple things that you, that you spoke on there. One about the fact that um, you know, finding something that you love and that you're good at. And I would even just add to that, focus on more importantly, what you love, in my opinion, you get other people that say like, just focus on what you're good at. I mean, if you can find them both go for it, but I can tell you when I started, I wasn't good. I wasn't necessarily good. I definitely wasn't like the greatest. Um, but I just kind of kept at it because I was extremely passionate and, in the end, you know, I was eventually able to win a world title. And, and now I've got essentially brands coming to me trying to do deals because of where I'm at in, in my career. And I feel like I'm on the same path with real estate. If you were to compare me with, you know, anybody, they're probably not going to look at my portfolio and be like, oh, wow, he really has it all together. He really knows what he's doing with real estate. But what I can tell you is I have passion and the passion is what's going to keep me going. And yeah, 10 years, call me back in 10 years and we'll see where I'm at. And you want to compare apples to apples then, then we'll see where I'm at compared to whoever you want to compare to. Um, and so don't get too caught up in the fact that like you might not be the greatest at whatever you want to do right now. And as far as real estate goes, when you're learning, like everything in life, you, you're not going to be the best when you start, right? So don't get worried about not like, oh, but 
I can't start yet because, you know, I don't have everything that I want lined up. That's not the way life works. Like just jump in, you know, try to get the least amount of bumps, bruises and scrapes along the way. But I guarantee they're going to happen. They've happened to everybody before you, everybody that you look up to as a mentor, it's happened to them as well. Um, so just figure out what you're passionate about go all in and you know, you'll make it work. And as far as how real estate is going to continue, I mean, what you said exactly about the fact that if everything in my life, all my income streams were to dry up, you know, immediately, which you never know with the whole COVID situation, maybe that all happens, right? Hopefully not, but maybe it does. Um, my whole goal is to build up my real estate so that I can continue to do what I love to do. So yeah, on, on the flip side, my real estate might not, you know, uh, equal the same amount that I, that I make as an athlete right now. But, you know, if I keep putting the same amount of passion that I put into my athleticism and, and my career in that into my real estate, 10 years down the line, it will. And if, you know, if COVID just crashes and burns, and again, I hope for everybody's sake that it doesn't, and I was to lose everything, then I also just have to reevaluate like, okay, how can I live this dream life that I'm currently living on even less income? Okay, so maybe it means that my travel expenses, maybe instead of like traveling across the country uh, to different national parks with the family or this or that or the other thing, maybe it means I'm going to a local state park or, or even just like a local you know, municipal park or something like that. Or, or maybe it just means I'm staying around and I'm focusing my paddling on local rivers around here instead of you know, traveling overseas or anything like that. You just have to be kind of fluid with what life kind of throws at you and realize that as long as you have that passion and you just continue with action day in and day out, you'll eventually achieve whatever goal you have in front of you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I totally agree. It's far more important to operate in, in an area of passion in your work than it is to be really good at it. Um, it's, I guess the point I was trying to make, it's, it's you, you will experience incredible results when you are operating in an area of passion and competency, um, which you develop over time. So you can get incredible results in real estate. If you love real estate and you don't know anything about it, you're starting off, you, you shouldn't expect incredible result, results on the very first deal you do, but you can get great results. And as you learn, you can get incredible results. And, you know, I'll use myself as a guinea pig here. You know, our portfolio, when we started off, was making $200 a door. Well, we started really thinking through the equity we had. Um, we had basically built through the Burr strategy in all of our deals. And for those not familiar with the birth strategy, again, that's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. So it's basically just taking a chunk of money, buying a distressed deal, getting it fixed up, getting it rented out, and then refining it and getting that initial chunk of money back while still having 25% or more equity in your properties. By doing that with our entire portfolio, we built up a good chunk of equity and we were getting, you know, 200 bucks a door profit net of all operating expenses and reserves and all that. And we started looking at that and we're like, hey, we could we could sell some of these properties, take this chunk of equity and go invest that into higher cash flow deals. So right now we're in the process of moving a portfolio making 50 grand into a portfolio making 300 grand. Um, and so, yeah, and you can imagine, you know, 
and and it could make a lot more than that. Um, I'm that's 300 grand's on the low end, but you can imagine like 300 bucks of passive income goes a really long way to supporting, you know, your pursuit of doing kayaking full time to supporting my pursuit of hiking the AT again with my family, things like that. So real estate, like you'll start off and you'll be getting, you'll be getting the results you want. But then as you learn, it works the same with kayaking. As you learn, you'll start discovering new depths to what you're doing and new strategies that you can take and apply. And, and you'll experience, you'll experience a lot of growth there. And that's, what's so exciting about this is that opportunity is there for anyone. Um, let's talk real quick. And I know we don't have unlimited time here, but tell me real quick about this, um, this title that you won. Tell what happened with that. What was that competition like? Like, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So the, the world championships that I won was in Toon, Switzerland, and it's the title is essentially like the freestyle kayak world championships. Um, and so there are these kind of short little kayaks and they're designed to do flips and tricks and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I was, I was pretty young. It was probably, it was several years back. Um, and yeah, it it just, it was one of those things where the winning the world championships had been a goal of mine for, you know, my entire life pretty much, or at least since I was 13, since I, since I got into kayaking. Um, and I just continually just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And with the belief, along with a lot of effort, uh, and a lot of time and a lot of failure, um, I was able to, you know, come out victorious on top, which was pretty cool. The irony behind that is after winning the world championships, um, it, and you hear it, I mean, what I did wasn't necessarily, I'm not trying to compare it with like the Olympics, but you hear it with Olympic gold medalists. You hear it with a lot of people where once you achieve a goal, it, it feels almost like hollow. Cause you're like, I thought this was going to be so much greater. And what I have taken away from that and what I've realized throughout the rest of my life and, and the last several years is life is about the journey. It's not about the end goal because once you achieve the goal, there's like, once you climb the mountain, there's always another mountain. There's always something bigger and and grander beyond. Do you know what I mean? So every time you achieve it, you're kind of just like, huh, now, now what? Do you know what I mean? And so for me, what I've realized is like every time, like life is just about the journey. Every time I reach a goal, whether that is adding another property to my portfolio, whether it's winning a kayak event, um, whether it's checking off, you know, a national park visit with my family, any of that kind of stuff. It's amazing. But I always have to try to remember that like, it's, it's the progress. It is the, the effort and everything that's put into it. And when I reach it, I automatically have to set a new goal. That's even, you know, further and higher. Um, because if you don't continually to set new goals, then you just kind of, you, you plateau in this area where you're just like, I did what I wanted, but I still don't feel complete. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's so much wisdom there and it, it lines up perfectly with what I've heard from other high performers in their respective work, you know, and, and niches. Um, remember Jim Carrey saying, I wish everyone could become famous so they could realize that it's not fulfilling, you know? Um, it's like, 
you won the world championship in freestyle kayaking and it's this goal you've had your entire life had to be the most exhilarating feeling in the world to go out there and compete with all these other kayakers that are amazing at what they do in Switzerland and you win. And then you're like, what's next? You know, it reminds me of Michael Jordan winning those championships and saying, what's next, you know? And there's, there's a, there's a very important, important point there that's applied to anything you're doing, real estate investing included. The portfolio value can't be the the ultimate thing you're going for. Um, because if it is, you're going to, you're going to be let down. You know, if it's 20 million, when you get your 20 million, you're going to be like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? If it's 200 million, if it's a billion, whatever it is, like you're talking about this, um, this contact you had with GoPro, you know, the guy's a billionaire and he's like, I don't have time for that. So, you know, um, as long as like, I think we, we can stop and smell the roses, you know, enjoy, enjoy the journey, enjoy, um, enjoy our families, you know, our faith, our, you know, our, uh, try to help people and remember, like, hold on loosely, right. Hold on loosely to the goal and the fruits of the goal. Um, then I think, I think that it can be a lot, a lot better experience. So, yeah. And I, I'm very, I'm very goal oriented. Like, don't get me wrong. I got, I'm all for the goal and, and aiming and working hard to achieve it, but, but don't get caught up on like the goal is the end all. It's like, okay, well that's just like another step along the way. As soon as you achieve that goal, then it's like, okay, how much bigger can I think? How much, how much greater can I, you know, do what else can, what can I do? What's possible? Because as you grow, your potential grows too. And you just kind of have to realize that and, and just don't get caught up on like one single goal as like, you know, if it's a portfolio number, if it's a dollar amount, whatever it is, and be, because if you achieve it, cause you will, you'll, I, I believe that you cannot fail as long as you don't give up. So eventually you will achieve your goal as long as you never give up. And, but when you get there, if you have nothing else, you're going to realize like, was it worth it? But if on the flip side, if you think about the journey to getting there, that's kind of like, that's where the joy comes from. Then it's much more, um, enjoyable and you can continue to grow and move on and, and dream bigger after that a lot easier. I think. So true. We, you know, we set out to get, I think it was 10, 10 deals were 2 million bucks in a year. And we basically did 20. So we built a $4 million portfolio in, in about 12 months and it was crazy, you know, chaotic. So we smashed this goal we had and I had the same experience you had. Um, I got to the end and I was like, okay, now what, you know, now what I gotta, I gotta have another goal, you know? Um, and, and I look back on it and the joy I, I get, well, I mean, I'm happy I have the portfolio because I think it's something that can, you know, support my life and my family's life from now on. But the, you know, a lot of the joy I derived from that whole thing was the experiences I had with my business partner and us doing the whole thing, you know? Um, that was, that was a blast. So, well, Hey, as we wrap up here, um, tell us you're, you're a high performer in your respective, uh, endeavor of kayaking. Tell us a couple things that, that you see as, I guess, highly correlated to being a high performer. What are, what are some things that, that are factors you see in high performers, um, that you must have as you go after a goal? So the, the things that 
I see a um, couple things are one being goal oriented, knowing where you want to go is I think the first step. If you don't know where you want to go, you'll never get there. I mean, that's been said many times before, but I think having a set goal is, is very important. I'm a big, you know, believer and proponent of, of goal setting Two would be focus um, and focusing on that goal. And that's something that I, I, I fall into the shiny, um, shiny object syndrome where I get distracted sometimes. And I regularly have to like remind myself like, okay, get focused, like stick with what, what we're working on here type thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and then the other one that, that I personally just, you know, I don't know if this is all high performers, if this is just me or what I'm a big believer of being grateful for what I have. Um, and, and, and just, gratitude in general. Um, and I think that the more, again, this is just from my personal experience, the more that I'm grateful for what I have, the more that I get in return, the greater my life continues to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just extremely grateful for, for all that, that I've got in life. Um, but as far as just high performing, I think, you know, I think goal, goal setting, I think having focus and, and taking action too, um, making sure that every day you're taking action in one way or another, um, in, in athletics, it's, it could be going to the gym. It could be, you know, um, for me paddling, going out to the river, paddling, training, uh, working on a specific trick or something like that in real estate, it could be just like, you know, analyzing deals. How many deals did you analyze this week? How many, um, offers did you put in this week? Um, all that stuff. So just putting in the work, taking continuous action and knowing that if you've got a goal, you cannot fail. It's guaranteed success as long as you never give up. I love it. Set goals, take action and be grateful, right? Yep. Be, be grateful. And I'll even add a layer to that. You may set a goal, you may take action and you may not get the results you want right now. Oh, for sure. You can even yeah. be grateful for that, right? Because you're learning. And I, I've always looked at trying when you get, you get a result, one result, you get two results. One is the goal, you know, the, the product of what you were going for, the, the goal, you reach your goal and you feel successful. The other is you fail and you learn. So either way you're making progress. So to Nick's point, if you don't stop, you're going to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, lo I, I absolutely love it, Nick. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I also say that, um, in whether it's, you know, myself in, in kayaking or whether it's just in life, people say you either win or lose. I try to believe in, I either win or I learn, um, because I'm way more likely to learn when I lose. Cause I'm able to like analyze what went wrong. When I win, I usually just like, I'm celebrating like, sweet. That was awesome. When I lose, I, I really analyze, okay, what did I do wrong here? And I really focus on learning. Um, and so I think as long as you, you know, believe that and just kind of live in that mentality of like each mistake that I make, each so-called failure is really just a lesson that I'm learning here. The idea that you will achieve your goal and that you won't give up, um, is just a lot easier because you're just learning the whole way instead of having this, um, feeling of, of loss or a uh, negative momentum. Okay. As we wrap up, I got to ask you one last question. What's the craziest thing you've ever done in a kayak? 
<laughs> um, oh gosh. <laughs> I see these pictures. Uh, I, I mean, see some of these videos <laughs> of people going off waterfalls. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, what's, yeah, I did, yeah, go I did a, a, a cool, uh, media piece in Iceland, um, probably two years ago where they were filming some cool thing. Um, and I dropped, I think it was maybe like a 70 foot waterfall called Aldea Foss. And they, this helicopter buzz like right over my head, kind of, as we were doing it, that was pretty wild. Um, Holy moly. So you went off a 70 foot waterfall in your kayak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the largest one that I've probably done is like 80 something. Um, which I mean, any of the big waterfalls, it definitely gets the, the adrenaline pumping for sure. So, um, they're all, you know, exciting in their own way, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, what's the craziest thing, that's, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> that that a lot qualifies. Of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, Nick, tell people where they can go find out more about you and connect with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd love to, to connect with anybody, um, via Instagram. My Instagram is just Nick Troutman kayak. Hit me up with a DM. I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, responding to people and would love to connect with anybody. And if you're interested in kind of a little bit of the mentality that I have towards life and just growth mindset and, and kind of success hacks or, or success traits, uh, check out our podcast, the art of awesome. Uh, we had Josiah on, I think earlier this week, which was super cool. And really it's just, I interview people that are successful in their own given fields and try to learn as a collective of how we can all do better in life and reach whatever goals that we have. So yeah, check out the podcast or hit me up on Instagram. Awesome, man. Well, this has been an absolute blast. And, um, I, I think that while we didn't spend a ton of time on the number side of real estate, this stuff is so important. I know people are really going to benefit from this. This has been one of my favorite episodes. So I really appreciate you doing the interview and uh, I look forward to tracking with you as you build your real estate portfolio and, and staying in touch with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Josiah. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please connect with me on Instagram at Daily Real Estate Investor or via email at josiasmelser at gmail.com. My new book titled Dream It and Build It, How to Crush Your Real Estate Investing Goals is out. You can get it either in digital or physical format on Amazon. Once you've read the book, please leave me a review. Tune in next time for another episode of The Daily Real Estate Investor as we both join in our financial freedom journey.